it apia. <laughs> right, it means uh, you know we, we are willing to go and do it. Right, um, I want to thank Pastor for you know um, giving me this opportunity to share the word with you all. And truly, indeed, it's an honor right to be able to share uh, what God has impressed upon uh, us as, as the leaders of the church, right, to you all. And I always say this: it's always a privilege to serve God. Right, just a little bit about myself. Right, um, for those of you who know me, uh, my name is Terence. And um, is this not clicking? Yep, it's on. All right, okay. A little bit about me, all right? Uh, share with you a, a photo. Um, for those of you who know me, my name is Terence. And for those of you who don't know me, uh, I am Puiling's husband. <laughs> Why I say that is because every time when someone goes to my wife, they say, oh, you are Terence's wife. So today I'm going to say I'm Puiling's husband. And uh, Puiling is the one that is on, on the left here, right? You see? Uh, uh, or on, on my right. Thank you. And um, she's uh, my wife, right? Okay. And I have two children, Carisha, uh, which is. Okay, this is Carisha. She's 16. And this is Abigail. She's 12. And I know what you guys are thinking. What are all of you thinking? You're looking at me and you say, oh, he looks young. <laughs> looks is correct. <laughs> I'm not young. <laughs> okay. Um, I work with HSBC Bank. All right, uh, and Pastor Jonathan likes to say HSBC stands for Holy Spirit Bible College. Well, it's uh, kind of like a transitioning for me, right? <laughs> okay, and uh, 26 years in the bank. I remember last week, Melvin said, you know, he joined Petronas when he was like, what, 10 years old? I'll do him one better. I was born in the bank. So I'm 26 years old, 26 years in the bank. Okay, so basically this is my wife uh, my fam- and my family. Today, I'm happy to share with you all to continue on the series, The Good Fight. So um, I'm going to continue on with the series, The Good Fight, uh, which is a series about choosing the, the right battles in the marketplace. And what is The Good Fight all about? Okay, The Good Fight is talking about what we can do in the marketplace as Christians, right? Um, marketplace is for everyone. It's not just for those of us who are uh, working or those of us who own a business, but it's for everyone, including you housewives who are here in this church today and also watching online. Yeah, I always say that, you know, being a housewife is one of the most honourable jobs in the world because I always say my wife, right, she's the prime minister, the finance minister, the education minister, the transport minister, the home minister. I'm just the works minister. <laughs> so if you're seated next to a housewife, you know, give them a pat on the back, you know, or give them a kiss, husband and wife only, yeah? If don't go and kiss someone else's wife, all right? <laughs> and tell them, thank you for being a housewife. You know, housewives are great. So this series, right, is for everyone, everyone. And uh, why is for everyone? Because we spend a lot of time outside in the marketplace, right, awake, our awake time. So I always tell my staff or, or my, my, my team, I say, hey, we spend a lot of time, our awake time together. Let's do something and think that this is a family and this is how we actually can bring about a difference, okay, in the marketplace. And the biggest disfavor is when one thinks that there is a, a divide between the church space and the marketplace. You know why? Because we don't come to church on Sunday in one, with one identity, and then after that, we go, go back, and then from Monday to Saturday, we have a different identity. You know, I remember a song by Hillsong many years ago. It's, it goes like this. It says that, on Sunday, I, I say I want revival. Okay, but come Monday, I can't even find my Bible. How many of you are like that? 
I hope so, Nana. Okay? <laughs> Alright? So, um, from Sunday to Saturday to Sunday, right, every single day, we are one identity. We are Christians. Right? So, we are called to fight the good fight. And just like what Paul say in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, this is our anchor verse for this series. Okay? Is, uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, so Paul says this, and, and he wants to encourage each and every one of us here, you know, to keep the faith, to fight the good fight, as we, fight, uh, as we run towards the end, uh, to the goal, and finish the race. All right? And um, this series has four parts. First part, you know, um, two weeks ago, as you know, Pastor Tim came up to start, start off to kick off this series with Godliness and versus Godlessness. And I remember, you know, when he said that um, everyone was standing up, giving the standing ovation to the Thai MD, and Pastor is just seated down. You know, it is so difficult, you know, when, when we are in the marketplace, it's so difficult sometimes with all the pressure, you know, and uh, um, people forcing us to do, th- to th- do the things uh, that what the market does. Right, and, and you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with Pastor's team that he can actually stand his ground. Or in this case, right, he set his ground <laughs> all right, uh, on righteousness and he did not stand up and applaud like what everyone else does. It's not easy to be godly when we are in the marketplace, but learn from Pastor team. <laughs> and then after that, last week, we had Melvin to come and share with us about grace versus grudge. And I remember he said this, you know, he said uh, I had a, he had a boss that makes adult men cry. I'm thinking whether I have a boss like that. I don't remember I have a boss that make grown men cry, but I remember I have a boss that when you talk to him, right, he uses a pen and he taps on the table, you know, tuck, 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 and he, how, how, so how, how, how? You know, sometimes you feel like, wow, oh, so stressed, how to answer him, right? You know, so in, in such a situation, right, when you are faced with um, such um, um, uh, um, uh, people, you know, do we practice grace or do we practice grudge, right? So, um, again, if... We are Christians, we should show grace. And I remember Melvin saying this, you know, by showing grace, he actually have gone a long way. Okay? And today, um, I want to share with you generosity versus greed. And you can see right in the middle, there's a bag of money, you know, and who best to talk about money than the banker in the house? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, today, I'm going to t- uh, share with you all a little bit about what generosity uh, and greed is all about. Because money... It's a big thing in the marketplace, big thing. You know, we, we think about money. You know, how much should I make? Think about it. You know, I, I always um, think about this, you know, when people say, tell me, hey, go and serve in the church. I say, hey, Bella, I need to make my first million first, all right? Okay? So when you, you make your first million, right, God calls and says, okay, go and serve in the church. I say, uh, wait, 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 my friend got two million. God, can I get two million first? Can I? Can I? And then after that, when you get your two million, God called again and he said, uh, my friend has five. So when are we going to stop? It's very difficult to stop. Why? Because we as humans, we love to compare. You know, we like to look at our, the people around us and say, oh, my neighbor has a big house, big car, big wife. Who? I must get one as well. <laughs> okay? But, you know, talking about comparing, I, I remember many years ago I heard this. Have you all heard of the Singapore-Malaysian 54321 comparison? No? I'll share with you. It's very simple. Singapore, right, when they say 54321, they're talking about five-figure salary, four-wheel car, three-room condo, two children and one wife. In Malaysia, it is five children, four wife, <laughs> three-figure salary, two-wheel motorcycle, and one-room flat. <laughs> Nothing to compare, right? <laughs> so coming back to money, you know, what, when is enough? When is enough? Today's uh, sharing is t- taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to uh, 11. But I'll just read two verses, 6 to 8, 
Then we'll cover the rest along the way. All right? So if, okay, no need to open your Bibles. It's all on the screen. Uh, let's all read together, shall we? One, two, three. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Father God, I just want to commit the reading of your word into your hands. And I pray, Father, that um, as I share your word, let it speak right into the hearts of your people. And as we broach the subject of generosity, your people will learn that generosity stems from our heart. And our heart is a heart that loves you, Lord. We just want to thank you, God. In the name of Jesus, we ask and we pray. Amen. Amen. So my first question to all of you all, what is money to you? Interesting question, right? For me, bank, money is not mine. Nine to five, I'm rich. But then after that, I go home, the money is left in the bank, right? But you see, money is actually a means to an end. A means to an end. Sometimes we place money so high that, you know, uh, money becomes our master. Okay? And when that happens, when money becomes our master, we become greedy, you know, we want to keep and amass and hoard and, you know, just want to keep and keep and keep. But if, let's say, money is our slave, it does what we want it to do, right? Then we are generous. Because if you see in um, Matthew chapter 6, 24, it says that no one can serve two masters, two, right? For either he will hate one, hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot... Right? I read again, you cannot serve God and money. Again, money is a means to an end. It's a legal tender. Many years ago, if you think about it, right, how people trade goods is called butter system. If you all don't know what butter system is, very simple. Let's say I own a goat, I, I raise goats, and suddenly my wife says, uh, darling, can you go and get watermelon for me? You better go and get a watermelon, right? <laughs> so I take the goat and go to the farmer and say, um, excuse me, can I trade my goat for your watermelon? Fair deal? Good trade? At the moment, we can... I mean, today we can say that, oh, it's not a fair trade, right? Because a goat has higher or more value than a watermelon. So probably I will need to discuss with the farmer and say, hey, um, my goat has more value. Can I have more watermelon? Instead of giving me one watermelon, give me ten. Correct or not? So along the way, as civilization advances, right, somebody came up with the uh, idea of currency, of money, so that we can trade, we can put a value to item and say, okay, um, this is the value of the currency, I give it to you, you give me that. Okay, so that is what money is all about. It's a means to an end. Okay, some people say this, with money, all things are possible. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Well, we know in the church, right, that with God, all things are possible, all right? It's not with money. Unlike some of our <coughs> politicians, right, uh, who says that cash is king, <laughs> okay? Don't be like that, all right? So money is a means to an end. And another question I'll ask all of you all, who says here that money is evil? Put your hands down. So everyone says money is evil. Okay, I have one, two, put a hand. Okay, you guys are correct. But for all those who put your hands down, right, um, ushers, please bring the bag and collect all their money. Because in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, right? It says that for the love of money 
is the root of all kinds of evil. It is the love of money, okay? Again, money is just an object. It is not evil. It is the love. And when we talk about love, we are talking about the subject of our hearts. And today, you know, this is what we're going to talk about. Just now, we sang a lot of songs that talk about the heart, right? Can you, can you remember? Yeah, so it is just very apt that, you know, the songs that were sang will also uh, tie into the, the word. Um, and, you know, you, you, you will realize that along, uh, as, the, as we go along afterwards, right, you will realize that it is a matter of the heart that changes us. Amen. So, do you struggle with money? How many of y'all struggle with money? You don't have to put up your hands, all right? Uh, if you struggle with money, today will be a very good day for y'all to learn how to be generous and how to you, uh, treat money as your slave, not your master. And I want to share with you three simple principles of generosity, what generosity is all about. And the more generous you are, the less, the far, further away you are from greed. All right? The first one, generosity is giving is an investment, an investment. And it's actually dealing with our attitude of giving. Okay, I can talk to you all about investment. You know why? Because, you know, I said I spent 26 years in a bank, right? Out of which three years I was at, in an investment bank. So what do we do in investment? We get people to invest, invest in stocks, right? So those of you who want uh, investment uh, advice, don't come and see me because I only spent three years in a bank, <laughs> in the investment bank. But I can tell you this. When we want to introduce or get our customers to, uh, to invest in a particular stock, the main reason is we want the customers to make a gain, correct? So if we go in blindly, the chances of making a gain is 50% and the chances of making a loss is 50%. Everybody agree, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We can't predict tomorrow. But in investment banking, we actually have two uh, analyses that can help us to, to make a better prediction. Number one is called fundamental analysis. Okay, where we look at the fundamentals like uh, the industry, the economy, the financials of the company and all those things to make a projection. Uh, the other one is we call the technical analysis. So those of you who are really interested in technical analysis, you will know what I'm talking about because we look at charts, charts with candlesticks, uh, time charge, bar chart and all those things and we look at indicators. And with this, right, we actually make a prediction of where the, the, the price of the stock will be based on past performances, okay? And you know what? With these two uh, analyses, right, we can only increase, increase the percentage of making a gain to 70%, not 100%. No way. So if somebody come and tell you, for sure one, don't believe them. I'm telling you this, okay? But... You know, would it interest all of you all to know that if I were to, uh, to tell you all that, there is a surefire 100% investment returns. Would you all want to hear about it? Yes? No? Yeah? And it's actually found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And just now we read it. It says that those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. And those who sow generously will reap spar uh, generously. And you know, church, Paul knew exactly what this sowing and reaping is all about. He knows that when you are generous, it will beget greater generosity. But if you are mean, that means if you see somebody who are in need or who is in need and you did not help, okay, when you are mean, it will beget greed and covetousness. That's why Paul said it very clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter, six, uh, chapter 9, verse 6, right? He says that those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Will, you know, not may. It's will. 
The word is will. Will means 100% sure. So this is the kind of investment that God wants you all to invest in. And, you know, um, in giving, you are actually not only investing into, into for yourself, right? It's not for when you're giving to God, right? Uh, you are actually investing into God's kingdom. You're actually investing into the works, the ministry of the church. And this is exactly where God wants you to be today. Because if you talk about love and the condition of our heart, you know, you will know how to be generous and how to give to the people around us. Okay? This kind of investment is not investment for self, but it's an investment for the larger community, the people that are around us. And, you know, God will take your investment and further the work that God gave to the church. Amen? Awesome? But you know what, church? I just want to let you know, you know, your investment actually reaps not one reward, but two. I mentioned earlier, the first reward is, you know, people are rich, gospels are preached. Correct? But God will honour your investment. He will take that investment and He will bless you back in return. And sometimes the blessing doesn't come in monetary form. You know, like what uh, Kelmin was sharing uh, earlier on, right, our host, she says that when she accepted Christ, she got hope, joy, and peace. This is also blessing. Or maybe, you know, you have good relationship with your spouse, your children, your parents, or with people that you work with. This is favour of God. Or you're able to sleep at night. You know, a lot of people got mon- a lot of money, buy the most expensive SETA mattress and all those things, right, but cannot sleep. Correct or not? How much is the SETA mattress? The day I went into a SETA shop and saw, wow, it's like, what, 70000 to 100000 for a mattress, you know. It's like my car, <laughs> you know. Think about it. And yet, you cannot have a good night's sleep. So church, I want you to count your blessings, not just count your money, okay? Not just about your bank account. Because, right, nobody cares about your bank account. But God cares about your heart. So if you struggle with generosity, you know, church, I want to encourage you, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8 and verses 10, it says here that God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things and at all times, you may abound in every good work. And verse 10 says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply all your seeds, uh, your seeds and sowing, uh, for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Here it clearly states that, these two verses clearly states that when you invest in God's kingdom, you will, number one, abound in every good work. And number two, Number two, your store will be increased and your harvest will be enlarged. So if you struggle with generosity, church, know that your giving is actually an investment into God's kingdom. And the best part is God doesn't forget about you. Second principles of generosity, giving is a privilege. And now we are dealing with the dynamic of giving. Okay, second is privilege. You know, when you meet someone new, especially someone important, right, and they come and shake, and you go and shake the person's hand, and the person says, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, right? And then what do you reply? You say, the pleasure is mine, correct? Similarly to giving, the pleasure is ours. The pleasure is mine to give. And we give to the people that's around us. You know, the New Testament church uh, in the region during a time, uh, in Macedonia during the time of Paul, they knew exactly what this privilege is all about. It is because they, it is a wonderful, they, they say that it's a wonderful privilege for them to give to the saints and also to the ministry of the church. Okay? So, if they can see that it is a wonderful privilege, what about us today? 
Again, it's an investment into God's kingdom, right? And I know sometimes as human, it's so difficult for us to give, especially if we feel that the person doesn't need it, correct? You know, I remember one time uh, when I was in Penang, uh, I was at this uh, uh, hawker store, and then this uh, beggar, she came, this lady, right? I tell you, she's really amazing. She, called, she, she walked over to me and said, hey, entau, entau. Uh, entau means handsome, okay? <clears throat> I know. <coughs> but uh, she called me, and then she said, hey, uh, chia wa jia, cha kui tiao. Okay, that means she's telling me, um, can, you, can you buy me cha kui tiao? So, you know, in my hand, right, I, I had like four ringgit change, so I just give it to her. Okay, out of convenience, I give it to her. And you know what was her response? It was so epic. She looked at me straight in the eye, and she tell me, cha kui tiao lako Chakwetiao is six dollars, not enough. <laughs> you know, sometimes when we look at this, uh, when you're in such a position, what do you do, right? What do you do? Do you feel that the person deserves it? But you see, when we give from a posture of generosity, we give. Because Jesus said this, you know, in uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. He says that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and, and what? Say it together with me. And love your, love who? Neighbor as yourself. You see, love comes from the heart again. Right? We're touching about the, 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 our, our heart. And, and if, you, if you look at it this way, if you love the, your, your neighbor as yourself, that beggar, that beggar who stood next to me generally is my neighbor. Right? So, give lah. Can or not? <laughs> so later, right, when you walk out from this church and you go see, and you see someone in need, please give out of love. Okay? Just want to share with you all this the dynamic of giving, right? We talk about dynamic. So what is the dynamic of giving? Dynamic of, the dynamic of giving is that the whole motivation of giving, the entire motivation of giving, okay, is not to, be, not to get something back from God, okay? But it is actually to allow God to use us to meet the needs that are around us. That's why you see in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 9 and 12, it says, it says here that, that as it is written, He has distributed freely, he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying of the needs of the saints, but it is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. What these two verses is saying is this church. When you give, when you give, you trust God, you will bring to light God's righteousness. Okay, you bring to light God's righteousness and it will raise thanksgiving to God. Isn't that amazing? that you are allowing God to use you to show the light of God's righteousness to the world and also to raise a thanksgiving to God. So if you are struggling with generosity, church, know that, you know, it is actually a privilege to give. And when we give, we are actually meeting the needs of those who are around us. And the best part, again, God does not forsake us or forget about us. Amen? All right. I'll come to the third point, uh, the third principles of generosity. And the third one is giving is an act of faith. And this is the one that I, uh, I keep on telling. It is about dealing with the heart. Biblically, generosity is a matter of the heart and sacrifice. And this is what God really uh, is interested about in each and every one of us here and also those of you who are online. You know, when you give biblically, you are actually believing in what God has promised. You know, that He will take care and supply all our needs. Because if you see in uh, verse 11, it says here that you will be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. You know, what is important about verse 11 here is that it says that you will be in, enriched in every way. 
Isn't it amazing that we will, we will be enriched in every way? But for what? But for what? So that we can be generous. Okay? Generous in every way. That is what we call our heart uh, posture. Right? We receive from God, we are blessed, we are enriched so that we can be generous in every way. You know, I was looking through a few translations and I found that the best translation is NLT, you know, New Living Translation. It says this, you can always be generous, always. You know, not sometimes, not when, oh, I feel like it, I will be generous, you know. But you need to be generous in every way, always. And you know, when we give with a generous heart, you know, we, we, we will definitely reach the, the, the heart of God. And, and you know, it's, it's, not, it's not something that we want to struggle with. Because when we want to reach someone's heart, we, especially God's heart, we want to do it lovingly. We want to do it out of uh, the cheerfulness of our heart. That's why, you know, um, just now we read Corinthians, it says, give cheerfully, right? Not out of compulsion. And, um, you know, when, when you give, when you give and really give from your heart, you are trusting that God will provide. I want to share with you our testimony, a short one, right? About how God provided. You know, when I started work um, as, a, as a young banker, right? Very young, <laughs> okay? And our salary is not a lot. So, um, how many of you heard of the movie Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yeah? Okay, we have a few hands up. Okay, I know that you are my dad's age. <laughs> okay, so... Happened to me, four weddings and a funeral later, in the middle of the month, no money, already, right? Chinese always say, you know, when you get a wedding invitation, it's like a red bomb, right? Uh, white bomb, because when you give the ang pao, it actually causes a bomb to your pocket, <laughs> right? So uh, we gave, and in the middle of the month, bank account, no money, wallet left, a little bit of money. So when I went, uh, that time I was on a motorbike, right? I went and picked up my ex-girlfriend, <coughs> who is now my wife over there. <laughs> so I picked up and I said, hey, bank account, no money. You know? How much money I got in your, in your purse? Ah? I also don't have a lot. You know? So we were wondering, what are we going to eat for lunch? Okay, middle of the month, imagine that. So by, when we, by the time we reached the office, we got down, we walked into the bank. One of our colleagues was so excited. He said, hey, check your bank account, check your bank account. So I said, why? Why check the bank account? Because it's the middle of the month. He said, don't worry, check, check, check your bank account. So I said, okay, let's check. Well, we logged into the system, check, check. Hey, wow, I got a few hundred ringgit inside there. Whoa. Tell you amazing. You know why? Because the bank chose to pay us the commission that we earn from selling credit cards. And you know, bank don't normally pay us in the middle of the month. I believe this is God's work. We didn't even ask God. And this is trusting God. Even when, you know, we, we never really like fall down, pray, new shout and ask God to help us. When we are generous, God will be generous to us. Amen? So church, if you are you are struggling with generosity. Know that God loves a cheerful giver. So give in accordance to your heart. Okay, it doesn't matter to be big. It doesn't have to be, uh, it can be small, it can be big. It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, God will honour that giving. So in conclusion, right, <clears throat> um, I want to show you all what greed and generosity is all about. And I know you all must be wondering why I have a balloon pump here, right? So if there's a balloon pump, there's always a balloon somewhere. <laughs> So, you see, I'll show you what greed is all about. Okay? Sometimes, when we are blessed, we like to keep, right? Oops. Keep and keep and keep and keep and keep. And we will reach the end. It's called a threshold. And if you continue keeping and keeping and keeping, what will happen? 
<laughs> we will explode. Because once we pass that threshold, we will never be able to turn back. Or it's going to be very difficult for us to turn back. And that is where greed lies. Okay? But now, I want to show you what generosity is all about. Okay? This is a red balloon. Right? Green is jealous, right? Red is love. <laughs> so you see, God doesn't need us to be perfect. He doesn't need us to be full, right to the brim, right to the end. He can use us where we are. The most important thing is that we need to make sure that our hearts are open. We allow God to use us. You know, and you know, when we say that, yes, God, here I am, use me. We allow God to twist us, to shape us, to make us to be who He wants us to be. And you know, sooner or later, right, you will realize that, you will realize that it's not easy, okay? Because sometimes we fail, correct? Sometimes we fail because it's not, it's painful, correct or not? Right? Giving is painful, right? <laughs> Who says giving is not painful? Sometimes that happens, you know? Sometimes it, 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 things like this do happen, right? So we start all over again, it's fine. Because at the end of the day, God will use us in accordance to His will. So, so avail yourself, open your hearts to God and let Him use us. And the more you give, the more easy it's going to be. Because at the end of the day, right, you'll realise that, you know, uh, all this pinching and all this um, twisting, right, is actually a process. A process that God will use us to make us do something. And you, when you look into the mirror, you start to see that, hey, it's okay. God is doing something. And, you know, it's amazing. Because why? The more we give, the more it's going to take shape. And the more it takes shape, right, the more beautiful we, we become. Okay? And before you know it, you know, you look and, and, and you see that God has made you into something, something beautiful. And you will grow because when you grow, you're going to grow like this. Right? Yeah? Okay? And, when you, and, and at the end of the day, when you say, oh God, here I am, use me. And God use you. It's going to be something beautiful. Yeah? It's going to be something beautiful. So church, I want to encourage each and every one of you that as you avail yourself and you say, God, use me, you know, let God make you into something beautiful, make you into something nice. So remember, giving, generosity is an investment. It's a privilege and it's an act of faith. So I, P, and F, very easy to remember. I'll teach you how to remember it. The next time when you're out having lunch or dinner with someone, okay? Remember IPNF because it stands for I pay first. Okay? Alright, so open your hearts, let God use you and be something beautiful for God. Thank you.